Hey, it's Aidan here. Just before we get into today's episode, I wanted to let you know about something new. It's called the Magician's Business Group. We've just opened up a Facebook group designed to help you guys as entertainers grow and improve your entertainment business. So if that is you, if you are an entertainer that wants help growing and improving your entertainment business, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash group and the magic of the internet will take you right there. Or if you're like me, have the Facebook app on your phone, open it up and search for the Magician's Business Group and you'll go straight there. Anyways, back to the episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of the TSM podcast. My name is Aidan O'Sullivan and that guy right there, you can't see it because you're on the podcast, but if you're watching on YouTube, I am pointing towards him. It's Ashley Green. Hello. Thanks. That was thanks. Uh, Today we are clearly talking uh, about some unique ways to get a residency, and we say unique ways. We mean ways that just most people aren't doing. That's that's it. We're not saying these are revolutionary things that nobody has ever done before. It just isn't what most people do first. But before we get into those three, actually, what do most people do first? Well, yeah, I mean, look, at the end of the day, we don't speak about residencies a lot on our podcast because we're in the business of magic and there's so many other ways of getting gigs. You don't need to rely on a residency. So I just want to crush that objection because so many magicians out there think, oh, if I want to get gigs, I've got to be performing somewhere at a residency. You don't. However, residencies are flipping cool because they give you the flight time. I love a residency because I get to test material and it keeps that consistency. And it's just fun to do. I just enjoy performing to new people. And yeah, it it can be a good way of getting leads, but you just don't have to rely on it. So I just want to crush that objection first before we get into it. Most people think I want to get a residency, whether it's performing in a little cocktail bar in a restaurant or maybe in in your case like doing stage shows and that and, and, and getting that up as a residency whatever it is to you most people are taught and most people learn from other magicians that the way to do it is you look around your local town your local village your local area and you make a list of like all the nice places that you'd like to perform at you write the contact details you get the management details and then you literally hammer away and you cold call Hi, is the manager in? Hi, is the manager in? I want to speak to the manager. I'm a magician. I can do this. I think it'd be really cool if you get me in on a Friday afternoon or Tuesday afternoon to do some magic between tables. That is how most people go around getting residencies. The other way most people do it is by sending out a flipping ton of emails. I know some people when St. Patrick's Day comes around, when you've got the festive period, they will literally do an email buzz to every single hospitality venue in the area saying, hi, I'm a magician. I'd love to work with your venue. I'd love to do this let me know if you're interested from so and so use your email template is spammed out to hundreds and hundreds of local hospitality venues and most magicians just hope that they get a response sometimes people do sometimes people don't but again it's just another cold spammy approach same as cold calls this is just cold emails and the other way and this is particularly my pet hate so if you do this please stop um, because I want to spend some time explaining why I don't like this and I think it's going to actually do more damage to you than good. A lot of people are told, if you want to do one step further than that, what you do is you physically go into the restaurant, the bar, and you go up to uh, the welcome desk, uh, the, the bar, whatever it is, and you ask for the manager and you say, hey, can I speak to the manager? The manager comes over and then you start to pitch yourself there and then say, look, 
I wanted to come in to see you face to face. I'm a magician. I think it'd be really cool if we work together. Maybe you book me one night. I'll go around tables. It's cool. I can do the first night for free. Blah, 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 blah. You go into your sales pitch. People are taught to do that. And that is particularly my pet hate. Although you're being proactive, although you're going out there, and although a lot of people are taught to do this, and like it seems great, it's very ballsy, yes, to do that for a lot of people, I flipping hate that. Because imagine it from the other side. You are the manager of a hospitality venue. You've got a busy night. You're managing your team. You've got a lot on your plate. And some prick doing card trick comes in and pulls you aside trying to pitch their services. If that was me, I would be mega annoyed with that. I'd be like, what a waste of my time. And immediately, I'd look at whoever this magician was. I wouldn't care if it was Dynamo or Darren Brown. I'd be like, you're wasting my... I'm so busy. I'm lit. I'm, I'm trying to do my job. I'm managing a team. I've got tables to serve. I've got the kitchen to manage. I've got this. You're literally going in and distracting them from the thing that they need to do. So if you are doing that, please stop doing it. Because from the reverse angle, from the people in hospitality, they flipping hate it. You're distracting them from their job and doing what they need to do. And it just doesn't work. There's much better ways of going around it. And that's what we want to get into in this episode. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's one of those things of like, yes, being on site and having a face-to-face conversation was always better to do than a phone call. Yeah. But an unexpected face-to-face is always worse than a phone call because it's not as quick. The problem with it, the problem with all three of those things, you're going in cold. You're going in cold straight away. You're meeting someone that you don't know, whether it is a phone call, an email, or face-to-face, and you're going from zero to 100 straight away. You're not gently warming them up you're not going up the process you're literally going hey i don't know you do you want to book me and that's never going to work and if it does you've got lucky but it's hard graft and that's why people struggle to book a residency time and time again and that's why people struggle to book gigs because they have this mentality with that another point for another time but yeah the, the point is you're just going in cold and it's flipping hard to do no it really really is and yeah i mean it is. There's nothing more to add to that point. So let's get stuck into the three uh, unique ways. Again, these aren't mind-blowingly brain simple. It's simple, easy, effective because it works. It's it's the stuff that is kind of overlooked, um, and that's why that's why we're at. But but the first is quite simply to chat to the venues that you're actually performing in, right? Actually, chat to the venues you're already performing. In You see, the thing that we we see a lot of people make with residencies is that they go ahead, they book a residency, and it's fine. But then they start performing there, and they don't really like it. Like the, the room shape is weird. The environment isn't quite right. It, it just, there's some reason that their act maybe doesn't fit the clientele, or whatever it might be. There's some reason that they don't really like it. And then they have to try and either force themselves through every residency, which as a result is going to knock onto your performances overall, or find a way out of the residency, which uh, speaking from experience is very, very awkward and hard to actually do. So if you find a venue that you really enjoy performing in, there is nothing that's going to stop you from having a chat to the actual team on site at the gig that you're performing at. Like not, mid-show just right i'll take a pause here and i'm just gonna have a quick chat to the waitress but you the point being is like get to the gigs early scout out the venue i'm sure you're doing this already you're already getting there early which is amazing 
but get to the gigs early, have a nice look around the place, chat to some of the team, not pitching, again, not pitching, just talking to the team, seeing if the team are friendly, and could you work with these people? Like, always vet the staff as much as you vet the venue and as much as you vet the clientele, because it won't, you need all three of those for a really good residency. Because if the venue sucks, but the team and the clients are great, it's going to be difficult. If the, uh, the, the, the staff suck, <laughs> Then and the venue and the the clients are great. Well, it's going to be really awkward for you to navigate, and and it goes around like that. So you need to be very very mindful of those. So again, get there early, and you'll be able to talk to the right people. Or once you're finished, hang around. I think that's it's not a difficult. Key point that you've mentioned here, because a lot of people, if they haven't got this, will just be like, Ashley, didn't you say your pet hate is going into a venue, asking for a manager and chatting with them? Yeah, I did. And they're going to be like, but isn't this exactly the same? No, it's not. For the crucial element, one, Aiden's been booked for, in this example, Aiden's actually, this is a true example. Uh, which this happened just, just two days ago. Literally two days ago. Um, <laughs> so it proves the point. It works, people. It works. It happened two days ago. <laughs> but like, you've been booked for a gig. In Aiden's case, he was booked for a gig. Um, he's performing at a venue. This does one thing. You're there. The team, the staff get to see how amazing you flip and work the room. And it's not about the magic. It's not about the tricks you call. Yeah, people love good magic. They don't want to see you suck. But they get to see the actual tangible benefit of having you there. They get to see like what it's like with everyone engaged, super focused. Like you chipping in, helping with the delays between the wait time. They get to see you work. And they get to think, ah, this is actually valuable. And we this could bring something to our establishment so you've already won them over on that without doing anything they've seen the product before you've pitched it which is crucial ada mentioned another thing there chat with the staff not salesy not pitching just be a friendly person chat with them ask how they are start up that light conversation just be interested in them what does that do it does everything we've been preaching for the past flipping two years on the podcast you're building rapport with them and as a byproduct, you're going to slowly bring their guard down. They're not going to have their barrier up. Like, this is a problem with cold outreach and people just going salesy straight away. People have got their barriers up, so they're not going to be receptive to you. You're having a chat, you're warming people up, and all of a sudden, you're being a bit friendlier of each other. So when it comes to asking a few probing questions to see if there's an opportunity to potentially work with each other, see if they do any events, any entertainment, whether they considered anything like that before... Well, they've seen your product. They know you're professional. They know you've good. You're good because they know you've been booked by these people, which also goes in your advantage. You've already won over the staff. You've already won over the team because you've been a friendly person throughout the night. So by the time it comes to the end, hanging around at the bar, which Aiden did in his case, it's no longer uncomfortable. You no longer need to be a salesperson. You can just have an authentic chat. Can you give the example of of your wedding the other day, Aiden? Uh, yeah, so the wedding was quite simple. It was kind of broken up into two different points at two different venues. And this is how one gig turned into three potential residencies, which is just nuts in and of itself. Uh, but when to, it was like an, uh, a show after an after dinner show, at a really nice restaurant for a, for a small group of family after the wedding, which was great. And I got there nice and early. And again, the joy is you get there early plus Things like weddings are always traditionally late. So this was actually running late. So I had even more time to just make my face known to the staff and just have a chat, not getting in the way, but just being present and bringing a nice energy to the room 
which was great. But you do that and have a chat with the people. And then after the gig as well, I was having another little chat with, with people. Again, there it, it, it involved in actual managers just coming out naturally. I didn't ask for a manager. That's another important thing. If you're there on site, do not go asking for the managers, as Ashley said earlier, for the same reason. Like, they're probably busy. If a manager just happens to walk outside or walk around the bar and you start a quick conversation with them, oh my gosh, that's not the end of the world. That's that's a good thing. And it's happened organically. You've not forced a situation that doesn't work. Instead, it it feels a lot more nice. But just, yeah, that, that, that was kind of it. And then the same thing with um, the second half, the bit in the evening, another venue, we moved to another venue and just get there a little bit early, have a chat with the venue team. And uh, as a result, both of those venues were interested in bringing me in for some form of event. Again, I'm going in a couple of weeks to, to discuss what that's actually going to look like. But on top of that, the first venue has just opened a second venue and they're already interested in having me at that one as well, which is ridiculous because when we talk about residencies, one of the big, we haven't addressed it in this podcast episode yet, but a lot of people think that you should go for either privately owned or big chains because then you can get multiple or there's some weird mindset about the fact that a chain restaurant is going to behave differently to a private and to a degree, it, it might, it might, but ultimately they've all got the same thing. They all need the same sort of value from you and if you're actually pitching the right value at the right place it doesn't matter whether they're a chain or whether they're just a one-off restaurant that really doesn't matter for example um but yeah that, that's the point just one one wedding turned into not only more weddings off of the back of it given the nature of the event and other bookings outside of that corporates and, and this that and the other but it also landed three potential residencies because we was going in warm and here's the other thing it kind of moves us on to the second point um, what I did is, as I went home, I, I just clocked and made a note of all of the people that I'd met there. Some of the, like the staff actually got their names. And I spent, it's going to sound a bit stalkery, but I spent like half an hour, 40 minutes on Facebook afterwards, just trying to find the people on Facebook, just to add them on Facebook. And then as soon as they, not as soon as, but after they accept the request, just drop a message, say, hey, it was so good to meet you earlier. Hope the rest of your shift wasn't bad. Like that, that's basically my message. And now we've started up a conversation, whether they reply or not, it doesn't matter because they're in your world. All you need to do now is just post some content that proves that you're good, that demonstrates you uh, in the best light, that positions you as an authority. And as a result, the staff are sold on the idea of having you in, even though they've not consciously thought about it. They know you're good and you're reliable. So if, for example, the management just so happens to get some opinions from his team, they're all on board because they know you're good. So that's just another little subtle thing that you can definitely do. And I highly recommend you doing anyway, not spamming every, everybody and adding them on Facebook there and then just clock some names and then add a couple of people on Facebook afterwards. Really, really nice, really useful. Um, but that moves us on to point number two is actually to do this level of outreach to the venues on your social media because they're inundated with phone calls and emails from other magicians. To be fair, their social media is probably generally speaking here, less good than most. Like they're not happy with their social media. At least every venue I've ever spoken to has pretty much admitted, yeah, we're putting content out there and people are booking tables and this, that and the other, but overall, it's a necessary evil is the way they're describing it. So make it fun for the social media team. Make it fun for the people that are actually around, right? 
Yeah, I've got a really, really good way of going around um, booking residencies through social media. Um, and sometimes it works because it's not effort to do. And as a byproduct, I often get venues asking me to perform that I don't even want to perform at <laughs> because I'm not actively seeking them. I'm just doing what I would do anyway and enjoying my life and enjoying my day and enjoying my time on social media. <laughs> so byproduct stuff comes out of it. It just proves how easy this is. Uh, one of our clients, David Whitney, came to us. I said, boys, I, I want a residency. Ashley, um, what can I do? And this is the exact steps that he went through to secure uh, not only a residency, um, but a very well-paying residency. Uh, more than, should we drop the, nah, we'll, we'll save it for another time. We'll save it for another time. You guys will hear about it. It's well-paying. He's done well. And even my eyes watered when I found out the fear were bloody hell, man. <laughs> I'm <laughs> better than me here, um, which is cool. Uh, one of the things I said to him was, um, use their social media. Do not go in uh, and be salesy straight away. Don't, don't outreach on there and send a standard message. I'm a magician. I do this. It's the same as sending that cold email. You go from zero to 100 so quick. I said, follow the venue you want to get in with. Be present in their world and just show up. Like, if you start engaging with their stuff, like Aiden's already mentioned, they don't know what to post on uh, social media. Their engagements are usually low because, you know, it's a whole issue for another thing, but no one really understands social media marketing. Aiden's a genius at that. He can, he can talk for hours on that. <laughs> um, no one really understands. They just put like plates of food up or like, we've got this special this weekend and it gets no engagement. So when you're there, you're liking and commenting, your name's showing up. You're being present in their world. They know who you are. Like, after a week or two of doing that, they're like, oh, this guy. And because, naturally, our bios and that are interesting, it shows we're a magician. People will look. People are interested who's liking their stuff if they're coming up a lot. I do it. You do it. Aiden does it. Venues do it. As a byproduct, they look and they see you're a magician anyway. So now they already know who you are, and you've not had to be sousy. You've not had to do anything. You've not had to really work. You're just literally engaging. And I don't mean here spammy comments. I'm just going to use roast dinner because I feel like eating a roast dinner today. So they've put up a picture of their roast dinner. I'm so British today, Aiden. They've put up a picture of some tea and roast dinner. <laughs> and, That's a uh, weird combination. You don't have those together. Oi, don't slam what I like. <laughs> Go back to your coffee. <laughs> um, um, so yeah, they've posted a <laughs> He is. He's, he's literally drinking coffee. They've posted a picture of their tea in social media. You're not going to just put like, looks nice or just some emojis. That's not proper engagement. The best type of comments that you can be put in is actually give a damn about the people actually give a damn about the venue actually give a damn about what they're posting if you post a good few sentences or a paragraph a long thick girthy paragraph that was the wrong phrase there um but a long old paragraph is going to stand out and they're going to take the time to read through that and that it also shows that you give a damn in their world yeah be my be mindful of that if i if i'm honest uh, a sentence is probably going to be better Oh, um, interesting. Well, I've mentioned Aiden is a social media expert, yeah. so let's dissect that. Well, well, th well, this is the thing. I mean, a big paragraph is great because it will pop, and anybody well, else that's checking I've, the comments, well, it that's will the reason fill why the I've, screen. I've always right. done it because everyone posts emojis and just like looks great. And when you post something like that, which is like four, five, six lines, your comment immediately stands out, so they always go to it and read it. Which is why I've always posted that. 
Yeah, the, the the one thing you need to be mindful of, and again, I know that you can do this, but uh, other people listening to this, is that if you are going to do uh, like a nice big comment on these things, you've got to be sure as heck that this comment is going to get read all the way through. Because at the end of the day, you're dropping these comments, yes, to show up and be present in their world and the world of the clientele and all of that kind of stuff uh, that are actually engaging on the social media. But ultimately, the long-term goal here is to get the people that are running that social media account to click on your profile. So, and if you're just dropping these consistently dropping giant comments that aren't interesting and they're not reading properly, they'll just like it, say thanks, or just like it, or not even like it sometimes, you're actually doing the opposite to what you need to be. Aim for a minimum of like five words is a really great thing. Not, this looks super tasty. Thanks. (laughs) No value. No value, but at least five words actually on it. Try not to go too long because it's just harder to get people reading and reading and reading because we've got like the shortest attention span and people struggle reading on screens anyway. So try and avoid that if possible. If you can get a nice short, sharp sentence that actually is interesting and valuable, that that's going to be better. Uh, there you go. Nice little go. tip from Biz Coach Aiden, the social media expert. But the point, there, <laughs> the point there... Is that that's quotable for your other company now? <laughs> the, the point there is you're being interesting, you're giving value, you're not just spamming and crap like every other person on the internet does. You've got to be interesting for the social media team behind this venue, whether it's a manager or whether it's a social media team. You've got to be thinking what's going to be interesting for them to read. And when you can do that, they're going to start showing up in your world. And like we've said, they're going to click on your profile and find out who they are. And What I like to do to then take this into DMs, because I will eventually ask them about, you know, working together, um, rather than just like message them out of the cold, if they post something on, say, for example, their Instagram story, or they post something on their social media feed, I'm going to reply to it in the actual DMs, whether they post something like a beautiful picture of an ice cream was an example uh, I had of an ice cream shop a while back. Um, I just commented, bloody hell, this is the nicest ice cream I've ever seen. When are you open? started a conversation i'm now in dms i'm in a private chat i can go from there and the key here is like we've said when you're actually at a gig or at a venue you're not going in and your first conversation isn't i'm a magician book me exactly as aiden done when he was at this wedding at this venue the other day he had a nice flipping chat with the team got to find out about them and the exact same thing i'm going to do here now in the dms i'm gonna have a nice chat the key is kind of about the venue but i really want to find out about the person behind it i want to find out who's managing their social media team i want to find out about the individual and, and i'll tell you the reason why that you're effectively as Kiefer as he says you're kind of winning over that gatekeeper in essence like no one pays attention to the social media manager the social media team they're always interested in the venue the company or whatever and when you actually take an interest suddenly like oh, you care about me and they're lit up. They're like, oh my gosh, you respect me. And as a byproduct, you're going to continue that conversation. And good conversations are really hard to come by. And if that can go back and forth, happy days, wonderful. And the best thing about doing this is more often than not, because they already know you're a magician and now you've gained their respect, you've taken interest in them, their business. Most of the time, they will say, I saw you're a magician. We're actually looking for some entertainment, or I saw you're a magician. I think it'd be really cool if we could work together. And they come out of the blue and they ask you, 
even before you had to say it. So there's no sales. What a great situation for a venue to be asking you to perform there, but it's just because you've been strategic. And if they don't, then what I do is I take that and I ask, do you have any entertainment days? Do you book? And do you have any days where you book magicians, bands, DJs, comedians? And I just ask and I probe and I find out whether there's an opportunity. But more often than not, you will find that they literally just ask you firsthand. Well, exactly. It's one of those cases that you're you're showing up. And as we always said, relationship building and networking, it's a long-term strategy for the potential for short-term benefits. And in this case, it's they kind of beat you to it, which is great. Cause it, and and the, the real beautiful way to handle this is when they ask, because uh, it will happen, surprisingly more often than not. It will happen. Praise them for the idea. Tell them it was a genius idea. Make them, like, honestly, if you can make it like, oh my God, yeah, I was thinking about it. Do not reply about, like, oh, yeah, I was, I was going to ask you about that. Like, Make why? them feel special because that goes so much further. Yeah. Tell them that it was a good idea. Like, I always, whenever I'm starting up, a, a, we have spoken about this loosely in previous episodes. Don't know when, but we have. Um, but when I'm talking to a brand on, like, Instagram, for example, we'll use Instagram. It works for Facebook and all this, but it, I like it on Instagram. We always say Instagram because me and Aiden literally live on that all the time. Not because we like social media. It's because we use it for business. Um, but all social medias you can. Yeah, exactly. So, but, but when we, uh, when I'm having these conversations with brands, I'll always save, like I'll use a conversation that I'll start up some form of conversation, whether it's in response to something they post, something they respond to me. Cause like that happens. Brands follow me and then they comment, uh, which is cool. And I can start conversations from there. But either way, at the end of a good conversation, not the first conversation, if that's not the case, but the end of the first good conversation that I've had with them, that's when I'll drop in there. Oh, by the way, I didn't even catch your name. And that just is beautiful. Because just think of, if, if they are having conversations with people, this whoever this social media manager is on this particular platform, whether it's one person, three people, who knows? It's usually one person. They're having conversations like this every week, let's say. Very few of them probably even care to ask, what was your name, by the way? And it's a beautiful moment. I always get a really excited response. And if there's been no emojis in the conversation flow uh, at all, there's always a smiley emoji coming from them when they reply. It's a beautiful thing to save. Just at the end of that first good conversation. By the way, I didn't catch your name. Bam. Mm, it's a really it's powerful amazing. thing to use someone's name. Um, I think it was it mentions it a bit in um, how to win friends and influence people. Like your, your your name is like one of the most powerful things. It's the thing you, you love to hear when people say it in a conversation, and when people say it to you in a message, it makes you feel special. <laughs> like they're talking literally at you, like to you, and they're asking for you. Um, yeah, whatever. You interpret that, whatever. I know what I mean. Whether you know what I mean is a different thing. But that, but this, I said it's been done. But you but just flip your name. Yeah, Powerful. exactly. It, it's great. It, and it's one of those um, that, that now you know their name, you can go further forward uh, with that. And let's say you, you get to a point where you're having a meeting with a manager. You have now got a good relationship with a member of staff that is active, a client-facing member of staff, which is important, that goes a long way. That goes a long way. You don't have to leverage it to be like, well, well, this person said this, this. But it's like, 
Now you know this person. You can build that relationship, keep that relationship going. You can get the inner scoop of what's going on at the venue, it not like in a gossip way, but you get to find out what's going on way before anybody else, which means that you can start getting information about opportunities that could be coming up before the manager reaches out to you because the manager's busy, let's face it, but this person on the social media is more conversationable. That's a word, but we'll roll with it. But that's number two, actually having some form of social media uh, interaction. Again, it gives you a really great opportunity to add uh, like a third dimension to yourself. If you can get at the gig, and combining these is where it really hums, by the way, you, you go to the gig, you get their early chat with people, and you connect with them, the actual people on your private profile on Facebook, for example. And then you start engaging with the actual venue's Instagram, if it's possible. And again, I'm just saying Instagram, this is how I personally do it, how Ashley personally does it. Um, you can do any platform whatsoever. But then you start engaging with a brand profile, your face, your name is coming up. Then you can move into the right conversations and you know another person. It might even be the same person that you've met before and you've already had another conversation with, in which case, great, you've got a full surround uh, there. But there are people that, let's say, maybe aren't gigging so much at venues they want to perform at. They're gigging, but maybe not at venues they really want a residency at. Or perhaps their social media is a little bit empty or they're not really on social media. What can, what can the people do then? Well, you can do what one of our clients, Saint, does so well. Literally go out and perform and do what you love. You can go out and perform and do what you love and do what you're passionate about and do what you enjoy to secure a residency. Me and Aiden have had this a lot. I know Saint has had this a lot, um, which he we got him on the podcast to talk about some amazing things. If you haven't listened to uh, our podcast with the Saint and Skylar, scroll back, listen to that. It's a real eye-opener, some fantastic insights into his business in that. Um, but yeah, literally just whether you go out to a pub with mates, whether you go out by yourself, which he does, he used to do like every Friday night, just start performing to people casually. You don't need to go in, and this is a key thing that I'm going to bring up again, and it was a very relevant point for all three points, non-salesy. You're not going around trying to force yourself on the staff to perform to them. You're literally just going from, like, the soft angle. You're there as a customer, and you're just going around having a bit of fun, having a bit of a laugh. And this works particularly well in cocktail bars and... um uh and pubs because of like the most kind of like relaxed atmosphere restaurants not so much however i have done this in restaurants and it works well because as soon as you pull out a pack of cards and leave it on the table the table next to you is like oh my god are you a magician can i see something and you do them something and then the table next to them and before you know it you've gone round and everyone's like i want to see something so yeah it can work there however it's a lot easier in bars and cocktail venues but you just start performing to people you literally just start performing to people and what this does it catches the eye of the staff there it catches the eye of the management team as they walk past and then at the end of the night when it's a little bit emptier you usually find the staff come up to you and say are you the magician that's been going around can we see stuff yeah all right i'll show you some things and then before you know it you're now having a chat with the people that work in the venue, they've seen what you do. And remember, you're not Sally here. 
Imagine this is your day off and you're just out socialising, but now you're in a conversation about entertainment, about magic, with the people that you need to speak to at the venue. And I used to do this all the time after gigs, mainly because I just wanted to switch off and just have a nice evening out. But I've had it so many times. I've been out performing. The staff come up to me. We want to see stuff. Before you know it, the bar or the restaurant or the cocktail bar is is shut. You're performing to the staff and they say, I'd be really great if you could come and do this stuff here. In my instances, I have said no in the past because I didn't want to gig at that venue. But it proves the point that the concept works. It's just going out and doing what you love and doing what you're passionate about. And again, it seems very simple. But you think about it on this level, you're catching the attention of people. They've seen the product firsthand again, which is crucial. You're not spammy. You're not salesy. You're not cold, hard selling to people. You're just rocking up as a customer having a good night out, showing a few tricks to people. And they're naturally interested and drawn to you. The staff will ask you, hey, can I see some stuff? This is cool. And they're asking you on their downtime. And then you can initiate that into a conversation. So if you don't have any gigs and you're not booked to perform at venues, um, or you don't want to do the social media approach, go out and do some tricks. <laughs> it's the easiest thing in the world. Do what you love. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's one. It's the most simple. It's the most easy one. It, a lot of people will probably default to it. But I, I want to kind of throw in um, some devil's advocate on this third point in particular. Because I've tried it myself. And I've... I found it uncomfortable, and I also was nearly booted out of some venues in the past. Uh, yeah, fun fact. Uh, so I, I feel like we should... well, I wasn't performing in that venue because if you're going around with witch hand, imagine if I whipped out my voodoo doll. Well, I'm going to kill you! Oh my gosh, get out of here! Yeah, yeah. So this is the thing. Like, I feel I felt slightly uncomfortable with it because it wasn't that planned thing, and some people might feel uncomfortable. Like, I wasn't uncomfortable in the sense of. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just, I personally felt a bit weird because I knew why I was yeah. doing it. It wasn't, it wasn't me switching off to go and perform for a little bit. It wasn't. It was like me. That's what it looks like, even though inside going I'm like. to get a residency. Yeah. And, and, and that's the problem. And that's why I always say, like, this is your downtime. This is your switch off. And that's why I always say, like, when you're at a bar and a pub and a relaxed environment like that, it works well. If you forcefully do that at a restaurant and you're Not forcefully good. peeing off customers, no, 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 no. It's not going to work. Yeah, for, and that's that was one of the situations that happened in the past. Um, I, I, I did that whole approach of leave a deck of cards out with some billets and some bits and pieces, and the table next to me were interested, performed for that table. I didn't do like a full domino effect performing around the whole blooming venue, yeah, yeah. but um, there were lots of negative looks from the staff across the room as they noticed I was performing for another table because it was drawing the attention. It, it was the thing, the unexpected thing that people didn't want. Um, Maybe that's your qualifier because one of the things we mentioned at the start of this episode, and this has just gone on a tangent, but there's, there's, there's some value here. Not every place that you want to perform at will be a place that you want to perform at remember you've got to get along with the staff you've got to get along with the venue it's got to work for you and at the end of the day if the staff were maybe giving you those looks maybe maybe that's not the team you want to be working with and maybe that's an instant qualifier you've gone in there and you've realized hey this ain't right for me i don't actually want to work with this venue it's what we said you might be casually performing at a bar and think 
you know what? I just don't like the crowd here. I don't like the customers. I don't like the clientele. I just don't like the performing conditions. The staff are really negative. And in that case, it might have been like an immediate qualifier. You know what? I like the venue, but I don't want to work with these staff. They don't like me. I don't like them. I'm going to shoot off. And it might have worked in your benefit there. I think people, when it comes to residencies, are too needy, 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 needy. I want to work there. I want to work there. I want to work there. But you've got to work somewhere that you enjoy. Yeah, I think that... And that's usually because the residence people see the residency as the first step to getting gigs and that's why they're desperate for the resident and that's where the needier approach is i would argue that um that's where that comes in it's like i have to get a residency because that's how i'm going to get gigs Uh, which if anything it just makes it more complicated because residencies aren't easy (laughs) they're really not easy uh they they can feel like it after a while but then if you're going in to just perform at the residency sure it's easy but if you're going in to get bookings, makes the dynamic very, very different, which we'll talk about some other time in the future, I'm sure. Um, but that's probably why people find it a lot more difficult, is that they're doing it because of what it's going to get them next. When actually, if you want a residency, I think you're better off going for the residency for the sake of just having that performance ground, actually having that opportunity as the gig. Imagine if the residency wasn't opening the doors to more gigs. Imagine if the residency was the gig. Now treat it like that gig because you wouldn't go to it. You, you don't go booking weddings for the sake of getting more weddings on the back end of the weddings. Do you like it happens for, for a lot of us, but that's, that's not why we book the wedding. We book the wedding because we want to go and do the blooming wedding and we need to treat res- residencies the same. Go and book the re- residency because you really want the residency and then let anything out the back of that grow. I've not thought about it like that. But I really like that example, and I think that is a beautiful thing that we should probably mention a bit more on when it comes to residencies. I'll be making a note of that. But it is so true. If you want to book a residency for the sake of booking gigs, know there's a lot easier ways of booking gigs. We've got past episodes on that. We're more than happy to help you. Uh, you hop over to the uh, Magicians Business Group, whack up some questions in there. We'll be on it. The rest of the community will be able to help you as out as well. But if you do want a residency, yeah, they're fantastic. And what Aidan said there, it's hit the nail on the head. I have a residency that I love doing. I've secured another one, which I love doing. Would I perform there if I knew I was never going to get any gigs out the back of it? Yeah, because I actually really, really like performing there. It's not about the money. It's not about the gigs I get out of it. I'm just really passionate about performing at this place. Well, these two places now. Um, and I, I really like them. I really enjoy them. And I wouldn't want to give that up for the world. And I think that is the attitude. We've got to be a little bit more essential with where we perform. We've got to, I think, maybe have a little bit higher standards of ourselves. <laughs> so we're not just performing every spit in Stordust pub for a couple of quid and hoping we get some gigs from it. And as a byproduct, we start to enjoy what we do a little bit more. And if we don't get gigs from it, it doesn't matter. Like, we're doing the residency to enjoy it, to test new material, to have fun, to have fun with our passion. And that's why I like doing it. There's no pressure when I do a residency. That's my downtime to chill. I always said that in my old job. Most people go home. When I used to have a day job, when I was balancing magic alongside a day job before I quit that and went full-time magic, I always used to say to my managers then, I perform at my residency the same as you play Xbox. You switch off in the evening playing games. I switch off by performing uh, in a bar. Um, And that's the way I always saw it through that. And I think if you guys treat it the same way, you're going to have more fun doing what you do. And yeah, you can get gigs out of it. But 
that should be your main kind of focus of just having fun, just enjoying it. And I really hope this episode has given you some ideas of the unconventional ways, which are very simple, very easy and often overlooked, the simple ways of getting a residency. But it follows our philosophies of not having to work and hustle and not have to be that cold sleazy salesman that's making a billion and one phone calls all day screw that i just want to make my entertainment business easy you want to get a residency do this so much easier and you can have fun in the process of actually booking one exactly that exactly that to summarize those three really really quickly number one start chatting to the uh, to the team to the to the people actually at the venues that you're performing at Go to the gigs early, stay a little bit late, have a chat with the people. Remember, you're looking for the wider, do you like the feel of the staff, the clientele, and the actual venue. Number two, outreach on social media. Start engaging with the brands on social media and chatting to the people that actually work at that venue. Not pushing towards the sale, but just being present in their world. And then third, uh, just go and perform at the right kind of venues. Get a feel for the venue there and take it from that point onwards. Actually move uh, forwards once you're on site so hopefully that's been useful and i know we don't really talk about residencies that much and it's because as we said a lot of people put residencies in the way of gigs and we know that you can go and get gigs right now gigs and yeah exactly you could go and get the gigs now and add a residency on top that's the process that we like to take our clients on uh, that journey Uh, So if you do want some help with this, um, well, there's a program for that. It's called Momentum. We'd love to come and help you start growing your magic business. Just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash momentum. Or if you really want to be quick about it, head over to thriveinmagic.com. I forget that we've got that. Thriveinmagic.com. And it'll send you straight to the page. It'll tell you all the details about the Momentum program. And you can come and join us and we can get your magic business growing, rolling. Yeah, I'm wafting my fingers around because I'm getting energised about this, but I'm going to stop now. Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, See you soon. See you soon, guys. Take care. Hey, it's Aidan here. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, it would really mean the world to us if you just took a moment to leave a rating and a review on your preferred podcast player. That way it just helps us grow the show and get it into the ears of more listeners across the world in a non-creepy way. Also, when you're ready to roll, here are three ways that we can help you right now. Number one is to join our free Facebook group. It's called the Magician's Business Group and we're creating the most valuable space on the internet for entertainers that are looking to grow and improve their business. We'd love you to join us inside. So to do that, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash group and the magic of the internet will take you straight there or just pull open Facebook and search for the Magician's Business Group. Number two is to take our new quiz. It'll help you find the biggest opportunity in your entertainment business right now. And in just a few quick questions, you'll be presented with a seven minute breakdown of your biggest opportunity and how you can actually go about tackling that to help increase your entertainment business and boost it completely. In order to take the quiz, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash quiz. That's thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash quiz. And we'll be able to get you your results. Number three, momentum. If you'd like to make an extra two grand a month in magic without paying a penny for advertising, we'd love to help you. Our latest coaching program, Momentum, is designed to get you booking gigs every single week for at least £500 so that you can be growing your entertainment business without having to worry about websites or business cards or advertising or any of that kind of stuff. To find out more, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash momentum. That's thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash momentum, and we'll send you all of the details.